Back in here, 9 o'clock hour on a Monday edition of Morning Drive, ESPN 1025, the game. Nick Braden, D Mace, and Marquise. Coming up at 10 o'clock this morning, it is time for another installment of Darren Donick and Chase. And the man who makes it go from 10 to 2, Darren McFarland, joins us for his weekly hit. D Mac, we appreciate a couple of minutes. How are you doing this morning? Good Monday morning, gents. I'm going to be like D-Mace on Thursday. Let's get on with it. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. go. Uh, before we get to the Preds, because there's a lot to hit on, I genuinely felt for you on Saturday because you needed it, you wanted it, you deserved it, and I know we're in a competition. I felt like you earned it. Virginia Tech with 17 and a half oh, and silly underdogs, and the stinking Notre Dame fighting Irish ripped your heart out again. I actually felt for you. I appreciate it. Um, I could have used those 17 and a half points times three. Um, <laughs> but, you know, you got to start somewhere. And I, I felt good about it, but, you know, it's, it's kind of my season in a nutshell. What yeah. are you going to do? I mean, it's pretty much how it is, Ofa. Well, it, not, oh, not Joe, wow. but Ofa. What am I going to say? I can't counter with these. Hey, Coach, I tried. Just, just, just spend four hours ripping on him today. It's fine. I felt good about it. I liked the game plan. It just didn't work out by a point. You know? Mm. I mean, what are you going to do? Yeah, you had a better selection than Arthur Smith did, so. What are you going to do? Uh, Predators, Rangers, Saturday. I mean, you can't sit there and blame UC Soros. Uh, I thought he played really well. But what did you see on Saturday coming off the heartbreaking loss Thursday, Saturday game? We know the Saturday woes this team has for some reason. Maybe playing down to the competition, although the Rangers are probably better than the record indicates. What was your biggest takeaway from Saturday's game? Uh, can you guys hear this? I want you to hear this is my takeaway. Ready? Mm-hmm. On to Detroit tonight, six o'clock club <laughs> game at five o'clock. I mean, you know, what are you going to say? I mean, it's the team you're supposed to beat. I mean, you're you're better than them. It didn't work out, and you're right. UC Charles, don't blame him. I mean, he was just coming off his his last win. I mean, Chris Kreider had a breakaway midway through the second period. I mean, they had opportunities to blow wide open, and UC came up with some huge saves. They get a power play goal from Victor Arvidsson, and. I don't know. I mean, everybody loves matinee hockey. The building was 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 jam packed. Uh, it was a great atmosphere. Everybody was ready to rock and roll. Everybody was kind of moved on from Thursday's tough loss, where they were up in, in control, up four one, and they lose a crazy one six five. And by the way, add that one to the crazy stat list. I mean, you know, we're going to sit here and scratch our heads on why they, the Red Wings and the Florida Panthers and the Arizona Coyotes, well, add the Calgary Flames. The last eight of nine trips to Nashville, the Flames have skated away with a victory. Explain that one. I have no idea. I get it. Last year they were the number one seed in the Western Conference. But eight of the last nine times in Nashville, the Flames have won. Add that one to the list. I, I can't explain it. But you move on. You get a point. It was tough. It was a fun hockey game on Thursday night. So you move on. You get a Rangers team. You know, they're rebuilding. Yeah, they landed Panarin. You know, Jad. Had the most points on the team. He wasn't even in the lineup. He was Albert. It's a team you're supposed to beat. It didn't happen. I mean, that's just life in, in the hockey lane of 82 games in a regular season. Now you go on a long road trip and you try to correct it and get better. I mean, you've got winnable games in front of you, and we'll see how they respond. Uh, I thought they would respond Saturday after the heartbreak of Thursday. They didn't, and congrats to the Rangers. They're getting better. They're getting faster. They're, they're not there. I don't think they're a playoff team, and – they came away with two points in Nashville. 
And I, and I don't even know what the question is here, Darren, about Saturdays. Like, I don't even know, like, what, what to ask. Like, I don't think the players have answers for it, so I'm assuming you probably don't either. But, like, what, what, what do you make of them being, like you said, all the weird stats, you just rattled them all off. Like, what, what is it about Saturdays? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think you can tell by my laughter. I have absolutely no, no answer to that, Brayden. I, you know, I mean, honestly, I knew it was bad. Until you guys rattled off that number, what was that, a couple weeks ago, I didn't realize, like, whoa, like, it jolted me. Like, I knew it wasn't good because I even made jokes last season, like, man, Saturday, you know, Saturday, Saturday games, man, what is the deal with Saturday home games? It, it's The atmosphere is always electric. It's crazy. And yet, for whatever reason, they're not getting done. Now, I will say this, Brayden, and I don't know if this answers it. It doesn't answer it, but I'm just going to bring a point that how – brought up on uh, Saturday's post-game show, and it's a valid one, in my opinion. When you come in here, right, it's a, this is any sport. When you're the road team, and you're especially equipped like the Rangers, where you're okay, you know, you can, on any given night, you can beat anybody, but you know, for the most part, over 82 games, it's all going to play its way out, and they're not a playoff team. They're, they're not there yet. They're getting there. You know when you walk into this place, you come to Nashville, you already know the ref, you've been here, you know it's a tough building. You know it's a tough bar. You know everybody's going to be screaming against you. The goalie knows that you're going to be told you suck. You're just you're laser focused, right? That's any sport. You go on a, in a tough road environment, and you should be focused. Well, I think we're seeing that the reputation around the league is this is a plus a tough place to play. It's going to be sold out. It's going to be loud. It's going to be gold, and it's going to be a tough environment. So guess what? You better be ready to lace up your skates and get after it or you might get embarrassed. Well, it seems like that is the approach, and that message is working for the opposition because they come in and they're ready to play, and they realize we don't want to get embarrassed tonight. And you know what? I think there's some validity to it. I don't know if it answers your question because I don't know if there truly is an answer other than we all throw our hands up and go, I can't explain why Saturday home games have been so tough on the Predators. DMAC Saturday, we saw Jofa reunited together on the same line. There was some success with it. Uh, it's something Peter Laviolette knows he can always go to whenever he needs to. Do you think we'll see more of it, or was that just something to get a little bit of a spark and a little bit of a jump? I, I do. I do think we'll see a little bit more of it, although it's, it's a tough one because Callie Yarncrook has played so well. He has. You have to give him his props. I mean, Callie Yarncrook has slid up there with – Johansson and Arvidsson and played really well. But I've been hinting about this, and we've been talking about it. Like, don't be surprised if that doesn't happen. And, indeed, it's happened. Look, it's hard to talk about lines in hockey, as we all know, right, because they change. They're so fluid. It's always in motion. It's hard from game to game. It's hard in game because things change. I mean, Peter Laviolette, for example, a game like Saturday, where you're just as a coach trying to get something going, you're going to flip people around. You're going to move bodies around just to try to get something going and see if something sticks. So will it stay this way? Uh, you know, I suspect, Nick, for the time being, especially on this road trip, probably so. But would we be surprised if at some point it doesn't go back to what it was and maybe slides back with Granlin and Duchesne when it looked really, really good, that combination? I wouldn't be surprised at that either. So I'd say for the time being, yes, but, you know, I don't think anything's long-term especially in a long hockey DMAC, good stuff as always. We will be listening today, and we'll see you in about 45 minutes.
Uh, hey, the man crush continues. They did have the one goal was a power play goal, so I hope yes. you, you, you tweeted from the toilet. So. I, yeah, there's going to be a moment, if this keeps up, where I might actually get a Dan Lambert tattoo wow. somewhere on my body. I think clearly. Wow. I think clearly in the lower back. Yes. Well, yeah. Well, what is the number they have to reach for you to get to that level? If they finish, because let's face it, top tattoos five? are basically permanent. If they finish top in five. the top five percentage wise in power play success rate, I, I will get a Dan Lambert tattoo. Low, lower back. Lower back. Wow. Now I want to wow. your calf. <laughs> you don't uh, get to pick. It's my body. <laughs> My body, my choice. Uh, exactly. <laughs> they, they do have a power play goal in nine of their 14 games this season. It's pretty good. So, okay. Uh, you know, I'm just saying, they're, they're moving up the ranks. Uh, that's that's on, you know, you know these things are recorded. So Yeah. Yes. Five. Okay. Okay. <laughs> People we are, got in fact, it. listening. Thank you, Darren. Thank you, guys. You got it. Darren McFarlane joining us every Monday at 9 o'clock. I swear. Thank you. God is my witness. You can mark the tape right now. Nine thirteen on Monday. Fifth or better. Fifth or better. Top five. You will actually get. What if it's like little tiny face? (laughs) Even if it's just like a little cursive DL. I want no, not DL. (laughs) His name, Dan Lambert. No, it needs to be. Or you could put L dog. No, just just Lambert. (laughs) Lambert in like that old English font. I want to go from waist to waist. I just hope. Yeah, I just hope it's not going to (laughs) be like that. I hope it's not going to be like that scene on The Waterboy where Nick comes in the studio and he's like, you know what? Well, mama don't know. Won't hurt her. And, he, and all of a sudden, he just breaks down his swim trucks and has oh, a Dan Lambert face tattoo on him. So, no. What about a chest plate? No. Like a chest plate. No. Of Lambert in the Nobody's press Maybe I would get like on my lower calf, like down towards the ankle. Kind of like WWDLD. Kind of like what Rex did. What would Dan Lambert do? Yeah. I don't know. I think he just needs to say L dog. Yeah, L dog. Let me get L dog on my forehead. The old English, the old English font down the back of the arm. You know, oh, like L dog. How about how about Dan on one arm and then Lambert on the other on the That'd back of your sweet. tricep? That'd be sweet. <laughs> you know, how you always see the athletes. Marquise, you got letters on the back of your Go arm. From yeah. worst to first. Yeah, but you got to be jacked to do that. Like, because if you got scrawny arms, you can't. You can't. Uh, I don't know about that. Yeah. Hey, if they if, if what if if they finish first in in the power play, can you get Lambert rock across your belly? <laughs> Lambert life like Tupac. PP yeah. <laughs> life. Um, All right, around the NFL is coming up at nine thirty. The big finish at nine forty five. I'll start thinking about more tattoo ideas during the break. Stay there. It is Morning Drive, ESPN 102.5 The Game. I came to my senses during the break. Can I make a slight addendum here or no. a little bit of an audible? Nope. I was just thinking nope. about this. Uh-uh. Like, no, 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 no. Like the high of being on the radio just kicked away. Like no. it, it, dissip, it um, dissipated away during the break. Nope. Here's what I would have to do. It would have to be power play success, like I said, top five. Or let me ask you if I can get another option. What if they finish in the top ten in power play? But it results in a cup. Because that's what it's all about, right? Like, I would feel like a real bad individual to have a tattoo just because of power play success. Mm-hmm. That doesn't result in a championship. No, no uh-uh, Nick. Yeah, I disagree. I think. It's power play. If, yeah. they, if they are five or better in the power play, you got to get L-Dog written across your back. Plus, I think it's cooler. Like, you get yeah, more street cred. Yeah. Like, anyone can get a cup championship trophy. Exactly. No one's, got, that. no one's got a Dan Lambert exactly. power play tattoo. Nobody going from worst to fifth or better. <laughs> Maybe that's what the tattoo is. Yeah. Worst to fifth. Yeah. You got to do it, man. 
You got to do it, Dan. Lambda You're the one who L- said it. Yeah, nobody said it. No, we didn't. We didn't. We didn't. No, I'll do it. I'll, I will do it. You. I will do it. You did it. How, how about this? It, no, from, no, no. Give no out. No, 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 no. I'm going to make it worse. <laughs> Between fifth and first, the tattoo gets progressively bigger and and gets moved to a different spot of the body. So if they're fifth. You know, it's it's one place on the body, and it can be a small little, you know, DL if you want or whatever. No, he has then to it, get the name spread out. Then it's fourth, then it's, you know, the full name. And if, it, if it's first, second, or third, you need the middle name in there. It needs to be – I don't even know what his middle name yeah. is. But it needs to be and – then, and then if it's first overall, it needs to be oh, – It needs that. to be full name and the percentage, like 23.5%. Yeah, across your belly. On your, around, circling around your belly button. DL 22.3. Is that a Bible verse? No, that's Dan Lambert 22.3%. L dog, baby. L dog. I've got, a, I've got his Wikipedia page pulled up right now. It does power, not look like he has a middle name. Power play life. Yeah, just put Dan power play Lambert. DLPP for life. 23.5%. There you go. All right, around the NFL coming up at 9.30. Uh, before we do go around the NFL, last night, Sunday night football, D-Mace, I know you are certainly somewhat fond of the Baltimore Ravens, having spent many years there. Uh, I think you probably enjoyed that performance last night? Yeah, I did. Um, you know, And it didn't surprise me um, because you know the Baltimore Ravens is the one team that seems to give the um, – the New England Patriots fit seems to give Tom Brady a headache uh, anytime they play, whether it be, um, you know, Dean Pease at D, D coordinator or Rex Ryan. Um, and now um, I forget the coordinator's name. Uh, goodness. Um, but they always find a way to confuse Tom Brady. And it was no different yesterday and last night. Um, that was an inspired um, Baltimore Ravens team um, led by uh, Lamar Jackson and um, Mark Ingram, those two guys. And that defense played awesome. Um, but they're getting healthier. Um, Jimmy Don, Smith Don Martindale. Yeah, Don Martindale. Um, Jimmy Smith is back. Um, they won't, you know, th- Their secondary is probably one of the best secondaries in the National Football League, if not the best. Um they said something very interesting, and I think this what this can tie into the Titans in their situation too. They said during draft night, um, Coach Harbaugh said, "Listen, let's let's stop trying to fu- let's stop using this Bill Walsh approach. Let's stop trying to find that next you know prototypical Bill Walsh quarterback. Let's just get let's do it different. Let's win a different way. Let's find a, a dynamic quarterback." And they drafted, um, they drafted Lamar Jackson, and he's been everything that they thought he would be. And I told Braden this: I, I would say he's even yeah, more than they thought more. he would be. I told Braden this, uh, I think off air earlier in the show. I said if his if his completion rate rating or percentage was higher, he would be literally unstoppable. There's nothing you can do to stop him. If he was yeah. a better passer, just incremental, incrementally better than what he is now, because he's gotten better from last year to this year. If he was just, if he was that guy that was completing, I don't know, seventy percent of his passes, and he did, if he could throw on the outside a lot better, 
the guy would be literally unstoppable because there's not a defense that you can implore against him if he's able to throw outside. What do you do against him? Yeah, I think that's – so the three things I've, I saw last year that I thought n- – said, you know what, I need to see something better from you, Lamar, even though he was great. Mm-hmm. And, and listen, I was one of the guys who thought, you know what, I'm not sure if he's going to ever work, if he's ever going to be accurate enough. He was an under five under 500 passer, under 50% mm-hmm. passer at Louisville up until his final season, I think, and then he actually finally was over 50%. You know, the accuracy was always a concern for me. And that he's always had the arm strength and the quickness and the ability and the intelligence. But, like, it was always just a concern. And I, I'll be first one to put my hand up and say, listen, I, I, I didn't think he was going to be a great quarterback. I'm, I'm dead wrong about that. I, I still think the league will catch up to his skill set eventually. The three things I wanted to see him do, protect the football better, because he had 12 fumbles last mm-hmm. year in, like, seven starts. So you can't turn the ball over. you got to have better ball security. Right now he's only had, I think, four fumbles in the same number of starts this year. So he's protected the football a little bit better. Uh, number two, he took way too many shots last year on direct hits without getting out of bounds or getting down. He's mm-hmm. been better about that this year as well. And to your point, he needs to be more not, he needs to be more accurate. Uh, and he's been more accurate this yeah. year. So like he's done all the things that you were asking him to do to be the better player. And so far he's done it. And a huge credit to what he's accomplished. I still think you can, if you and if Belichick can't do it, I don't know who's going to be able to do it. But he still struggles outside the hash marks, outside the numbers. Mm-hmm. The, the the deep outs, you know, he's still not. He threw a couple of balls last night, even though they were dominating. Where you're just going, that's just not a throw he normally makes, which is the outside deep, the, the the deep outside routes outside the numbers and hashes is still where he struggles in a big way, and that's the one area where the greats are great, right? Mm-hmm. Where where Rogers and Breeze and Brady and Manning, when they're at their best, they can make that throw, and that's that's why it's the toughest throw in football. And so until he can do that, maybe that's the only thing holding him back. But so far, he's fixed everything else in his game. There, there's still a part of me that thinks RG3. There's still a part of me that thinks Mike Vick, A, can Lamar Jackson continue to do it? Because we saw Robert Griffin have a flash the first year and change mm-hmm. until he got hurt. Vick did it for a lot longer than Griffin. Yeah. yeah, but Vick, Vick was around for a while. Vick's completion percentage always concerned me. I believe it was in the mid to high 50s. But the one thing that always bugged me about Vic was he would openly admit on the air mm-hmm. he has trouble sliding. Like, he physically yeah. can't do the baseball slide. Mm-hmm. Like, Russell Wilson's great at it. Used to be a baseball player. Mm-hmm. 56% for Vic. That's what for, I was thinking. For career, so you were about right. Yeah. But he played, I mean, he, listen, he played from age oh, he was 21 to 35 with a couple stints at Leavenworth. But um, it, it, he's... Vic, Vic is one of the few guys that has played that. And he revolutionized the position from the beginning. He was the original... You know, th- this guy, when he came on the scene at Virginia yep. Tech, his redshirt freshman year, we were all like, uh, what? Like, he, he's the one who changed the position. Mm-hmm. Michael Vick is. And he lasted a lot longer than Robert Griffin. Oh, yeah. But that element, Lamar Jackson last year took way too many hits. And and Marcus had this problem. And he was beat up last year, Lamar Jackson. Right. He, he got beat up last year. Marcus, the same thing. You just take – and we saw it this year when he's diving over piles, Marcus, and, and taking those unnecessary hits. In it's a like, preseason dude, game. Exactly. Like, dude, get down. It, mm-hmm. I mean, live to see another day. And, and you know, those are the things that – that you know separate those quarterbacks that play that way. Cam Newton, same thing. Now he's feeling the effects. Well, and there's Kyle Allen's throwing BBs right now. Exactly. Uh, Vic took a team to the playoffs four separate times. He won playoff games twice. Two different teams actually took the Eagles twice and the Falcons twice. But that that playoff win in the snow against the Packers is is one of the more historic games for for a player of his caliber. Um, so it, it, the question is, 
you know, Vic did it. Robert Griffin took his team to the playoffs the first year, but that was the game that, right, Shanahan probably shouldn't have brought yeah, him back. he shouldn't have been he, playing that game. And he shouldn't have played, but after that he wasn't the same player. Robert Griffin is like the worst faller in the history of the yeah, NFL. Yeah, he can't slide. He can't fall. <laughs> so yeah. if Lamar learns how to do that and, and then protects the football and can be an accurate passer, there's no stopping the guy. I mean, I, listen, I, put your hand in the air if you thought he wasn't going to be a great quarterback. I'm one of them. I didn't yeah. think he was going to be great. And, and here he is, and they're torching a historically great Patriots defense. defense. Granted, they had not played a great schedule. The Patriots had played a pretty soft schedule to get to eight now. So, big finish coming up at nine forty-five. Coming up next, we go around the National Football League. Now, let me tell you guys uh, first about Spring Hill Heating and Cooling. Of course, uh, winter isn't coming; it's here, and that means time for an HVAC checkup. This is where Spring Hill Heating and Cooling comes in. They will take a look at your house, come out, give you a whole complete checkup twice a year. Join the Comfort Club. And they'll make sure to save you money on maximizing your home's efficiency. They'll also protect your home from a potentially costly repair. Now, they can't guarantee everything's going to work perfect because, you know, you never know what's going to happen in the coldest months of the year when everything's working overtime. But they also can be your emergency plan as well. So they can help you prevent. They can help you save money. And when something does happen that that is really costly, they will provide you with great service and exceptional financing options as well. Spring Hill Heating and Cooling, they've opened up a second office out there on Highway 100 south of Dixon, so now they can cover twice as much territory with twice as, twice as much personnel. They've doubled in size because you have rewarded them with your business because you trust them. Over two decades of experience in Middle Tennessee, locally owned. You can get to the top quickly if you need to talk to somebody. They will take care of you, I promise. It's why my family uses them, and we're not using the other guys anymore. It's time to get a checkup. It's, it's about to get cold, folks. Winter is coming. It's about to get cold, and that means you need Spring Hill Heating and Cooling. SpringHillAC.com is the website. SpringHillAC.com. Join the Comfort Club today. Get that house checked up. Make sure it's safe and efficient. It'll save you money. I promise. Tell them Braden sent you. SpringHillAC.com. 9.33, welcome back in. Monday edition of Morning Drive. The big finish coming up at 9.45. Darren Donick and Chase at 10 o'clock. Teron Davenport is in the house. I'm sure he'll be on within the first segment or two of that show, so stay tuned for that. Right now, Marquise, we go around the National Football League. And he brings some pressure. And that matchup we've been talking about is right there. Mel Dean, DK Metcalf. Second and goal from the 10. Wilson fires. Russell Wilson, 378 yards, five touchdowns in an overtime victory against the Tampa Bay Bucks, And we got to see Christian McCaffrey yesterday. We just talked about Lamar Jackson in the last segment. This is a close MVP race because you got mm. Russell Wilson, you got Lamar Jackson, you got Christian McCaffrey. Who would you give your MVP vote so, so far of the season? Christian McCaffrey. Russell Wilson for me. Um, oh, man. I, I, all of them are great and worthy, but I don't think – I just there there are some other elite players like Luke Keekley. There's some other really really good pieces on the Carolina team. Although the quarterback being injured is a big deal, I just think Russell Wilson's carrying that team right now. For me, it, it most valuable player. Goodness man, I think all three of them because if yeah. you take Chris McCaffrey off of Carolina, without you know they're not a good they're they're not as good as they are or shown. You take obviously you take Russell Wilson off the Seahawks. I mean, I don't. Geno Smith is not going to give you much. <laughs> um, and then you take Lamar Jackson away from what Baltimore does, and they're not. A, I don't think their offense flows the way it does. So, 
I, they, it, they still should be able to run the football. Yeah, though. but he. But what happens is we're splitting hairs here. What happens is because he's the quarterback, it gives those running backs a little bit more crease because they always have to prepare for the quarterback right. to you know take the ball back and run. So I don't know either one of them. I mean, I think it would probably go to a quarterback. Um, yep. And I mean, if they yeah. said if they said Russell. No one would argue. I would take my McCaffrey vote and take it a step further. I think you can make the case, and I don't think it'll happen, but I don't think you're wrong if you try to make the argument that Christian McCaffrey is the MVP of the NFL, and you can make a case for Chase Young as Heisman in college football. Well, it happened. I, I have no yeah. problem with. I, I think I, I have no problem with Chase Young being in the Heisman conversation right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he should be in the conversation. Yep. I mean, the problem is with Ohio State, they've got three dudes. That yeah. are in the fields and Dobbins are both in the, the conversation back, as well. The quarterback, yeah. and now the defense. But Chase, Chase Young, I, I think, will be the number one pick in the draft. To mm-hmm. uh, to Marquise's point with the DK Metcalf highlight there for Seattle, I just got the numbers. Let's compare real quickly. His DK Metcalf. Are, his numbers are pretty good. To yeah. A.J. Brown. DK Metcalf, 29 catches. A.J. Brown, 26. Yards, Metcalf, 525. Brown, 429. Yards per catch, Metcalf, 18. Brown sixteen point five. But what's the uh, Titans the Titans ratio? Like there's a there's a quotient that you need to add into the equation because the quarterback because in the O line because he plays for the Titans. Yeah, yeah. Like so like I think you need to multiply all of his numbers by five. Well, they're very close. If he played for Russell Wilson, Metcalf. Does that, does that makes sense. Yeah, Metcalf five touchdowns, Brown three. It's a slight advantage, Metcalf. But to right. your point, one offensive play, line in Wilson. One place for Russell Wilson. Yeah, and <laughs> I mean they use him. I think they use him a little bit different. Um, Metcalf in regards to Brown, so he's been more explosive than I thought he would. Yeah, be. he yeah he has been. They well, use him. That's know, the only thing he can do. Yeah, the only thing he can do is, is, is run deep routes. But man. nobody thought he was fast. Didn't he run a real a real poor forty time? No, no, no he, he's everyone thought he's he a was four, a four three guy. Yeah, everyone. The only, he's a one trick pony. He can't run mm-hmm. any other route. Like all he oh, can okay. do is run slants and nines. Like he can't. He can't do anything else. What were we talking about at the combine with Metcalf? Because he was so big. That's injuries. What it was. Yeah, injuries. Because yeah. he was so chiseled, right? Which, like his body fat which, was like one percent. Which didn't he have an injury? And in, I thought he had surgery in preseason camp too. I think. Yeah, I think you're right. Like it was minor knee surgery he which, had. Um, is there such a thing as minor knee surgery? Well, I think he went and got it cleaned out. He didn't have anything that was going to keep him out for a long time. I thought it was. My it dog, I, I just don't understand any, anything called a minor surgery. <laughs> like that, that feels like an oxymoron to yeah. me. So you would Anytime say you're having surgery, it's just freaking surgery. Like what, like what Tua had, right? Like Jared Garantano, like he clearly was bothered by it. You had wrist sur- Don't say minor wrist surgery. Just say wrist surgery. Yeah, yeah, I don't think if you're right. sedating me and you're cutting me open, <laughs> yes. it's surgery. I don't think a minor. I don't think you can have a minor wrist surgery. I think you can have a minor knee surgery because some are meniscus, which you can That's play terrifying. the next following week if if it's torn a little bit. Going there. Uh, uh, scope it, uh, uh. or then if you tear an ACL or MCL, that's much worse than you know a, a, a meniscus. I'm just, I'm just not sure anything should ever be considered minor surgery. Just surgery from 43 yards away, Adam Vinatieri. Oh, oh, he missed it badly. Pittsburgh is a minute 11 away from getting a huge win. Pittsburgh now 4-4 four and four of the season. And, you know, Jacoby Brissett out for the Colts. So that obviously that plays a huge factor in this division alone. But And Brian Horry entered that game. But Adam Vinatieri, man, it seems like we're watching a legend crumble in front of he's, our eyes. He's the greatest kicker of all time, but it's over. Yeah, yeah if his name wasn't Vinatieri, he would have been cut already. Yeah. 
they would have cut him. Dude, what what is the deal with kickers? Like uh, they only have one job, one job, and one job I, only. But I mean, I remember a time when field goal kickers were pretty good. Like like there there are so many teams like below ninety percent, below eighty. But it seems like every time, every every since they pushed the extra point back, seems like kickers have gotten worse. Even on field goals, yeah, even on field Which goals, doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. But if his name wasn't Adam Vinatieri, they would have cut him on because yeah, he's cost him three games. Now he's won him a game last week, but he has cost yeah. him three games, I believe, this season. And that was a huge win for Titans fans if they hadn't gotten destroyed yesterday. Exactly. <laughs> No, I'd say teams are playing us a little bit different. We just have to take what's there. Um, uh, you know, I think there's just, I mean, execution and taking what's there. They're not going to give us some of the one-on-one shots that, you know, we had last year. Uh, it's a different team. Teams are playing us differently. Um, so we just have to be able to execute. Browns lose to the Buccaneers. Or, or the Broncos, excuse me. <laughs> lose 19-24. And a lot going on on social media with Jamar. Or, Jeremiah Whitehead, who's now cut from the Browns now. And it's, it seems like with two coaches in their first years, Adam Gase and also Freddie Kitchens, it seems like both of them aren't on the right path this season. And both of them could probably be the coaches that are on the hot seat, along with Dan Quinn, that can possibly get fired this year. Here is the headline. This is just one of many headlines. I'll just, just mm-hmm. this is from Yahoo Sports. Browns cut Jermaine Whitehead after racist Twitter rant that includes death threats. To yeah, a Browns employee. Like, what? I do. Regardless what? if it's a Brown employee or not, why would you send that? What? It makes no... Like, what are you accomplishing, man? I don't get it. Mm-hmm. What are you accomplishing? Uh, a pink slip. Yeah, that's what he did accomplish. Now, God, you took that six-figure contract you had, and now you're uh, not getting the money no maybe more. Maybe he just wanted to play for the Patriots. No, nah, Patriots ain't even picking him up after that it, crap. It, it, This was... Uh, uh, go go read his tweets. It's just awful. And and he was directing them like basically a Browns radio network employee basically said, "Hey, so, this guy's tackling today's been a joke," which again is 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 analysis. It's a little harsh, but like it's still just analysis. He then proceeded to take it to some serious levels. But ba- Baker Mayfield did miss an open Odell Beckham on fourth down. Like yeah, yeah. Beckham beat his guy off the line, and Beckham was visibly angry about it on the sideline. I think he said something like, "I can't catch the ball to, or I can't get the ball to he, save my yeah, life." Like mm-hmm. B- Baker's seeing, uh, talk about seeing ghosts with Sam Darnold. Baker's seeing ghosts. They they had the play. You know, maybe the safe call was to go to Jarvis Landry over the middle on fourth and four. When I don't he's know. Double team, nah. But, but I mean, <laughs> like. That team is imploding. That team is imploding. What what Freddie Kitchens did last year down the stretch was fool's gold. Yeah, it's he all about. Would, it's, they it's need all to about, fire him. It's all about Kitchens and leadership. To me, yep. they don't have leadership, and they don't. Have, and that's the head coach. I also don't like the comparisons to Hugh Jackson. Like, oh, he was two and six at this time, and or two five and one, and and you know, Kitchens is two and six. Well, Hugh Jackson had like a whole other season before that where he mm-hmm. was like oh so for sixteen. So who's the first to go then, Freddie Kitchens or Adam Gase? Because you lose to. The Dolphins, yeah, the winless Dolphins team at the point. They're, they're both. I mean, I don't like firing coaches that quickly, but Gase, at least you know who he is. Like you've seen other, like mm-hmm. you know, there's 
you can look at Adam Gase and say, oh, there's a track record of, of success or failure, and we're not going to Freddie Kitchens ain't going to get no better. But Freddie Kitchens doesn't have – you don't know what he is, and this is all you know right now. So the Browns lose to Brandon Allen. I saw this correctly yesterday on Twitter. Three quarterbacks yeah, name, Allen. name Allen win yesterday. Brandon Allen, Josh Allen, and Kyle Allen. I believe I, – I think this was on the Titans broadcast. It's only the third time in NFL history that three guys with the same surname started <laughs> – on and the won. same day. I definitely don't know if anybody's ever won that way. I'm assuming there's been a weekend where a bunch of Johnsons started. <laughs> <laughs> or a bunch of Williams or you know something. I don't know. Smith. Smith. Uh, but Allen's a pretty common surname. So I just mm-hmm. thought that was that's one of those interesting factoids that you only get from like stats and information departments. You're like, oh thanks for that. And one of those Allens defeated your Tennessee Titans. Yep. How about that? Damn. Cool. Big finish coming up next here on Morning Drive. Okay. It is time for the big finish. We do it each and every day at 945 here on Morning Drive, and it's brought to you by Braden Gall. The National Soccer Club, NashvilleSC.com is the website. You can go there right now and purchase season tickets for the inaugural MLS season, which will be the next soccer match we have in this town, which will be MLS soccer coming up next season after a fantastic um, season for Nashville SC ended this weekend with a one nothing loss to Indy 11. Congrats on a great year, but it, now it's on to bigger and better things in the MLS, and you need tickets, so go to NashvilleSC.com. Hollywood, let's get to the rewind. And we welcome you into a Monday edition of Morning Drive here on ESPN 102.5 The Game. Boys, I would love to come in here this morning, ticked off for greatness, <laughs> calling for heads, saying this, that, and the other things, showing you know a ton of passion and vitriol and rage. But mm-hmm. last week I said Panthers by seven to ten points. I felt it in my bones all week, so I can't really be mad if I saw it coming, can I? It's starting to become a burden on the defense. This is what happens in the National Football League. Come. November, December, teams start separating themselves from others. If one side of the football is not pulling their weight and you don't have that transcendent player, you're going to start to slowly slip. And the team and the side of the ball that was playing really well start to decline. You know why? Because you're putting too much pressure on those guys to perform at a high level, not every game, every play. And the defense will never say anything, but it's unfair to them. And they've had to hold up this, this sort of Herculean effort for the last nine games. And and we saw the last two weeks that the dam is starting to break. Yeah, it's like that, that movie star in the movie where you somehow find yourself hanging from a really tall location, like a building or a cliff or a tree or something. And you you got like two hands and like a knee on something. And then all of a sudden you're down to like two hands. And then you're down to like one hand. And then you're down to like one finger. And all of a sudden you're just sort of hanging there, right? And like I think that's how it feels watching the team. Like you kind of faked your way into two wins. Let's be honest. The Chargers should have scored on the goal line. Jameis in the, in the Bucks went up and down the field and, and had to settle for field goals. And then gave you two two turnovers inside the 10-yard line. We said last week, you take the wins, the wins are great, you celebrate them, and then you move on. But if you're going to play those types of games routinely in the NFL, you're not going to survive. 
Here's what yeah. you do. Nissan Stadium will hand out handheld electronic devices. And to increase the interactive experience of uh-huh. the fan, you will actually get to vote on what play Arthur Smith calls <laughs> before the snap. It's a, it'd be a tremendous way to get fans involved. To get the, you get a sellout. You feel like you're a part of the game. But the Titans' Wi-Fi would be so bad, we'd just get screwed up anyway. And, and it's only a suggestion. It's not locked in stone. Yeah, it's, it's just not locked, we, yeah. we all get to be play suggesters. They need to hire 43% say off-tackle left. All right, let's go off-tackle left to Derek Henry. Okay. If they make the playoffs, I go buy a, a Marcus Mariota jersey, and I'll wear it for a whole week straight. Could, if they if they make the playoffs. Could it, could it be a onesie? I can't fit with a like, onesie. With like a little oh, flap a in the back onesie? so you can go to the bathroom? Uh, if, the, if the Titans make the playoffs, you have to go on social media in a Titans Speedo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Live during the show. Don't worry, you're not going to have to do that because it's not. There, there's, no, it has happened live during the show outside, yes. so it's very cold. Oh, yes. hell no. We welcome in our buddy Corey Curtis from News 2. I saw the exact game I expected to see. I expected them to go there and struggle offensively and to, to look inconsistent incons- and look disjointed and just look like they don't have it all together. And that's exactly what they looked like, except some of the problems bled over to the defensive side of the ball this time. So Saturday night, right? Go to bed, 10.30 or so, shut off social media, fall asleep, wake up Sunday morning, check my Twitter, check my mentions, check my DMs. Got a DM from Spiro Ditas, NFL play-by-play man for CBS, who Titans fans you should all love because he's the official, well, I should say, he's the unofficial television play-by-play man of your Tennessee Titans. He says, hi, Nick, do we know each other? Have we ever met, worked together, crossed paths? I think we should have done a dramatic interpretation. You, hey, you, hey, Nick. You, you seem to tweet about me a lot. Care to discuss? I, I will say it is interesting that you tweet about this man a lot. So I pulled How up. How many times have you tweeted about him? Yeah. Well, I've got three of them right here <laughs> since October 13th. And why aren't you tagging him? I didn't know he was on Twitter. Well, and that, once I once I realized he is, he's got 3,700 followers, and that's why I didn't know he was on Twitter because he's got no followers. It's not so much that I'm ripping Spiroditas because I, I think he's a solid guy. It's more of a shot at the Titans organization that, right. look, when you're basically irrelevant, these are the broadcast teams you get. What game did he call yesterday? He got the Jets and the Dolphins. Yikes. So we were actually elevated. We had Greg Gumbel yesterday <laughs> and I think Trent Green. So we had like the number three team. But October the 20th, I tweeted about it. Uh-huh. I said, not sure how I feel about Ian Eagle doing the Titans game today. Spiroditas has grown on me. Ah. I'm giving love to Spiro. I, 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 I think you guys. Tweet. I think you guys should develop an online relationship. Darren McFarland joins us for his weekly hit. Uh, hey, the man crushed the genius. They did have the one goal was power play goal, so I hope yes. you tweeted from the toilet. So. I, yeah, there's going to be a moment if this keeps up, where I might actually get a Dan Lambert tattoo somewhere wow. on my body. I think clearly. Wow. I think clearly in the lower back. Yes. What, yeah. what, what is the number they have to reach for you to get to that level? If they finish, because let's face it, top tattoos five? are basically permanent. If they finish top in the top five percentage-wise in power play success rate, I, I will get a Dan Lambert tattoo. Low, lower back. Lower back. No, I want a wow. calf. You don't uh, get the pick. <laughs> my body. My body, uh, my choice. Exactly. They, they do have a power play goal in nine of their 14 games. That's pretty good. So, okay. Uh, you know, I'm just saying they're they're moving up the rank. That's that's on. You know, you know these things are recorded. So yeah, you can mark the tape right now. Nine thirteen on Monday. Fifth or better. Fifth it, or better. Top will, five. You will actually get. What if it's like little tiny face? Yeah. <laughs> no. Even if it's just like no. a little cursive DL. I want no, not DL. His name, Dan Lambert. <laughs> 
Maybe I would get like on my lower calf, like down towards the ankle. Kind of like WWDLD. Kind of like what Rex did. What would Dan Lambert do? Yeah. I don't know. I think he just needs to say L Dog. Yeah, L Dog. Let me get L Dog on my forehead. Can you get Lambert rock across your belly? <laughs> Lambert life like Tupac. Yeah. <laughs> PP life. And that was the Morning Drive Daily Rewind. It's a part of your big finish each and every day at 945 here on Morning Drive. So a great night of sports coming up tonight. Predators and the Red Wings at 630 puck drop here on 1025 The Game. Pre-game coverage obviously will be an hour before that. And then also Monday Night Football tonight, Cowboys and the Giants. That should be a good one. Lots of drama in college football too. Florida State is open. That's the one of the best jobs in America. What's the trickle down effect going to look like? That could affect Kentucky fans. You know, USC could be coming open here soon. They're going to hire a new AD this week, so lots to track in the coach. This is about the time that the coaching carousel gets started. Well, speaking of that, Dennis Dodd just tweeted sources confirming Lane Kiffin has expressed interest in the Florida State job. Of course he has. He's interested in every job. Okay. <laughs> Doesn't mean he's going to get it. All right, that's it for us here on a Monday. Have a great rest of your day. We will talk to you tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. on ESPN 1025 The Game. Bailey, DJ Nashville, I love ya.